Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amibros. What's up? What's up? What's up? It's your boy, 85, from the Amibros Podcast. It is two of the three Amibros, myself, JDZ85 on here, D-Mart, uh, a little, little caught up, but man, JDZ, it's, it's, it's a new year, it's 2020, I'm Barbara Walters, uh, you know, I've seen that meme going around, but man, how you feeling? Um, I'm feeling great, man, you know what I'm saying? Everything except uh, your Lakers let me down last night, last game of my parlay, <laughs> uh, had Lakers minus 11, they decided to blow a lead of 36 points and only win by 10, so... Um, I hope all the bad things in your season happen. Uh, outside of injury, maybe, hopefully, you guys just miss the playoffs, lose every game from now on. <laughs> so, how many team parlay was it? Uh, four. It was a four team? That, that's brutal. That's brutal. <sighs> yeah. Oh. I would yeah. like to apologize on behalf of Laker Nation. Um, I know that that used to be your franchise, but – now that I am the representative of the family of the Lakers. Um, oh, don't worry. My Pelican's going to get him back tomorrow night. <laughs> Sack. All right, well, we got a lot to get into. We obviously got to talk about the college football playoffs where my Clemson Tigers beat up on Ohio State. By beat up, I mean got down 16 points and then came back and in a gutsy performance ended up outscoring them 29-7 to the rest of the game. We got the LSU where Joe Burrow was playing Madden. And – but like, – Let's start this thing off by getting into one quick topic, Jeremy, before we get into the NFL playoffs. That is Jason Garrett today having his third interview with the Dallas Cowboys. <coughs> Jeremy, can you please explain to me why it would be necessary for Jason Garrett to have three interviews, seeming that he has been with the organization and at his same capacity for basically 10 seasons? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what they could be discussing that wouldn't have been discussed in the past 10 years. But what do you think, man? It's very clear. I'm not exactly sure why you don't get what's going on right now. Jason Garrett is the second greatest interviewer of all time behind Jeff Fisher. <laughs> he gets into these interviews and somehow he charms his way into getting extensions. I mean, I saw Jeff Fisher do it forever. I saw Marvin Lewis, um, for one person, be going into a, a meeting where he said he was where everybody anticipated he was going to get fired, and then he made demands and got an extension. I mean, I, Jim, you never know I was how these things go. That. He went into that meeting yeah. and it was like, yeah, he's getting fired. He was like, if you guys don't do this, this, and this, I'm leaving. And they were like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I personally don't think he's going to be the head coach next year. Would I be surprised if Jerry Jones decides to pay him $4 million to sit in the box and be a team analyst? No, I don't. Because I don't think <laughs> Jason. I, I don't think he wants to lose that Jason Garrett relationship. Um, I think he wants to keep somebody in his back pocket so he can always tell the coach if they try to get, you know, too much of a personality or take too much charge. Hey, I can always throw Jason back in. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Jason's going anywhere. I don't think Jerry Jones wants Jason to go somewhere and possibly have some success. So overall, I think he's going to be staying around. Sorry, Cowboys fans. You're going to be looking at Jason Garrett for a very, very long time. They've got a lot of things they can lean on. Um, I think it was last 25 years there have been 163 teams that have had a point differential of uh, positive over 100 points. Um, and the Cowboys are the first one of those teams out of 163 to not have a winning record. So uh, that's what <laughs> Cowboys do, I guess. And look forward to more mediocrity. Well, here's the thing about Jerry Jones. As much as everybody's like, Jerry always looks out for his guys, he never looks out for his guys. I mean this. Think about this. Tony Romo easily could have gotten another job. I mean, I think the Houston Texans were interested in him. Thank goodness they didn't for their sake because they ended up drafting Deshaun Watson that summer. But after Dak took over and he became the, the starting quarterback on the team, literally there were a lot of teams looking out for, for Tony Romo. But you know what Jerry didn't want to happen? 
He didn't want Tony Romo to leave and ball out and win a Super Bowl for the Texans or for another team, and then him be sitting around thinking, "Man, he should have won that team that that from from for the Dallas Cowboys." I don't know why I said that like like Jerry Jones. Anyway, and I think he did the same thing with Des Bryant. Or Des Bryant, he waited until like training camp to cut Des Bryant, where Des Bryant easily could have signed with another team throughout the entire offseason before he decided to cut him. And now he's got all these jobs, there's all these openings where Jason Garrett could actually have a legitimate chance of getting the job. I think Jason Garrett could have a legitimate chance of getting the job with the Browns because of the fact that they have a very similar owner in Jimmy Haslam who likes to be outspoken, who wants somebody who's not going to talk back or, you know, is, is just going to be submissive Sally. And, and I think J- Jason Garrett seems to fit that role as a coach. But I think he's going to string this thing along. I think you're right. I think just, he's going to Just for the fight. record. Yep, J- Jason Jason Garrett would be literally the worst coach ever with the Cleveland Browns. They need a disciplinarian to come in there and shut Baker. I agree. Up and I agree. Re- really get on everybody. If they brought in J- Jason Garrett, they might win one game next year. But here's the thing, though. But he'd be one. I don't think way. Jason Garrett. I don't think Jason Garrett is a terrible coach. But two, I think this. I think Jason Garrett is what a lot of owners want. And I think everybody's like, oh, yeah, we want a disciplinarian. And we want a tough, hard-ass kind of coach. But here's the problem. When you have that coach, it's not like he's just like that with his team. Typically, those kind of coaches are hard to get along with if you're the owner. They're typically they, – they you you got some that are like, oh, yeah, they, they, they know how to play the role. I mean, but in reality, Jim Harbaugh would still be probably the coach for the 49ers if he wasn't – doing the exact same thing he's doing to his players to, to the general managers and the owners. I mean, the GM came in here and he said, he said, we don't want, we don't want her in here. Get her, uh, you know, he, he degraded the whole general manager. And then it was the whole roof why he got fired. So at the end of the day, I think obviously he's going to, they're going to find him a job. Well, that's a overrated khaki pants though. Yeah. I mean, we, we can get into khaki pants a little bit later, but um, I finally saw the light and, and bet Alabama very heavily. Uh, thank you, uh, Jerry Judy, for your 225 yards receiving or whatever it was. And um, speaking of college football, that's what we do do in the industry. We call it a segue. Let's get into some of the college football playoffs. Jeremy, there were two games that happened this weekend. There was the obviously the the best game of the weekend, which was the Ohio State Clemson game, and then there was the uh, most boring game after the first quarter in Ohio State versus Oklahoma. Which game did you take more out of, the Ohio State-Clemson or the LSU-Oklahoma? I'm not exactly sure what you were watching. The LSU game was far more entertaining to me than the Ohio State-Clemson game, and it's for a very simple reason. I bet LSU. When I bet a team, I want them <laughs> to win in a blowout. They, I, I bet LSU by two minutes into the game when Oklahoma was third and 17 on their first drive. I said, Okay, this is going to be a route. And I bet Clemson. So, therefore, I was not enjoying that game very much. I, that entire game, I was sitting there going, this is not going to work out on my on my behalf. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed the LSU game much more than the Clemson versus Ohio State game. Um, LSU absolutely dominated. I, project, I predicted on a podcast last week that the score would be 48-14. to 14, um, And it was 49-14 to 14 at halftime. I also... LSU, I, they must listen to the podcast and wanted to defy what I said because I said Joe Burrow would not make a single, would not play a single snap in the fourth quarter. They let him play one snap in the fourth quarter and then they pulled him. Um, great job, guys. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I was all over that one. Knew that was going to be a blowout. Yep. And uh, Clemson, Ohio State. I'll be hundred percent honest. I thought Clemson was going to win that game, not in a route, but I saw it being ten to fifteen point win. Um, and a, like a rather convincing, like where maybe it's a late touchdown, but, um, but they cover pretty, pretty, I guess easily. It was a, it was a very well-played game by Ohio state. I think Clemson came out a little flat and got punched in the mouth and it, it was good to see them recover. I'm not sure if they didn't get that targeting penalty, if they win that game, I'm not saying that I think it, I thought it was targeting as soon as it happened, but it seemed to energize the whole team. Um, and it, it almost like it woke him up. Like somebody got hit, like quarterback gets hit in the mouth and okay, it's time to play football now. Um, Trevor Lawrence showed me a lot. I'm not even going to say it was his best performance. 
because I've seen him play, you know, spectacularly throwing the ball, like maybe even a little bit better. Um, but I would say this is the most impressive performance because um, there wasn't – sometimes there wasn't plays there, and, and the pass rush wasn't giving him enough – I mean, wasn't giving him any time to throw. Um, and he took what was available. He used his legs. I did not realize he was that um, that fast, um, even though, uh, you know, he, he's got like the longest strides I've ever seen in my life, kind of gallops. <laughs> um, but, I mean, the, the, the move he made to get outside and, and outrun the DBs to the end zone, uh, I mean, you gotta give gotta get a guy credit. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the next two number one overall picks play against each other in the national championship game. Um, at this point, I am leaning LSU mainly just because this seems meant to be. I mean, it, it seems like nobody's gonna stop. Uh, this freight train is going. I felt like he's. I'll put it in perspective. It, it reminds me somewhat of Cam Newton's run to the national championship. Uh, kind of like Jameis's where it's just like out of nowhere a team comes out of obscurity and just dominates everybody. Um, but, I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. I think Clemson's got a lot to play for. I think they got a lot of heart. Um, and I think it could come down to whoever gets the ball last because I don't trust LSU to hold Clemson if Clemson gets the ball last. And I don't trust Clemson in that same situation they had against Ohio State um, to be able to stop uh, Joe Burrow from getting in the end zone. So, guys, we got, uh, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, there's only two of the ME bros, but we are joined. You know, we thought we weren't going to be able to make it. Big weekend uh, for, for D-Mart, but D-Mart is joining us on the podcast. D-Mart, how you pow, feeling, pow, baby? Pow, pow. We in the building, man. We in. I had to check in, you know what I mean? I mean so, I, we here. We good. How we feeling? We're, I'm feeling really good. How your boys um, feeling? We're good? Obviously, you guys know college football season, I feel like, is a new job. Like, I should... I hope the government's not listening, but I should take a W two out. I mean, just it's it's so much money to be one on college football. Um, and, and, and all I'm gonna tell you guys is mm. this: mm. I know I just, just I, guys, it, <laughs> government is not a it's don't not worry, a, government. He's he he's he's just making he's just hey, making hey, up guys, for his it, NBA losses. My NBA losses are definitely <laughs> uh, substantial. We, we spoke about Jeremy's yesterday. The NBA, by the way, anybody that wants to bet basketball, bet playoff basketball for series. Don't bet individual games really much at all because it is it could be the Jeremy's gotten screwed twice the last two weeks off of that Lakers win, and then the Luka Doncic weren't they up fourteen with like a minute to go? Oh yeah, I didn't get to that. That 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 was this that was uh like after our last podcast. So they were upset. I had I had Mavericks minus four and a half. They were up seventeen points with three minutes to go, um, and they allowed the Spurs to score thirteen straight points, including Luca getting intentionally fouled and missing both free throws, and they win by four points. That on that on top of the thirty six point lead that's trimmed to ten when you have the Lakers minus eleven is. Why you don't bet NBA regular season? But uh, yeah, Lakers. Not not only that, LeBron and Anthony Davis played all but three minutes in the second half. In the fourth quarter, they're the Lakers combined Ooh, to go three of twenty-one field that's goals. That's rough. I mean, you can't. But um, one, I hope you guys listen to the eighty-five weekend picks podcast because on this podcast, I picked Oklahoma to have a close game and LSU to win close. Then I sat back and I looked at it and I was like, wait a second. Oklahoma's leading sacker is out of the game, and they're missing three other defensive starters, and they're missing two starters off of offense, and their last, I think it was seven games, five of them were were one-score games versus the Big 12, and I saw the pit, I saw the Texas A&M. So I saw Oklahoma struggle with Oklahoma State, and LSU beat Texas A&M by like 60. Then I saw Texas A&M pretty much manhandle Oklahoma State, and I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm the 85 weekend picks podcast. That, that was a fun game like, to yeah, watch. Huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna change that and say that LSU is gonna blow them out. And I bet LSU. Um, so I'm not gonna lie, Jeremy. I I felt very good about that bet very early on. It was second um, quarter and it was like 42 to 14 for like 18 minutes ago. It, it was a fun game only to watch. But it was the longest game ever because <laughs> I was sitting there. I was like, "There's no way we're still in the third quarter." I mean, I swear that game lasted at least four and a half hours. I, I, I was sitting around. I was like, "That can can we call a mercy rule? Can like can we somebody just throw in the towel?" I mean, uh, I, so at the end of the day, I was I was definitely looking forward to to that game ending. Uh, but on the other side, 
obviously when you look at uh when you look at Clemson and, and the Ohio State game, I thought Ohio State dictated the game early on. I did not realize their receivers were as good as they were. I knew I knew Victor, I knew Olave. I didn't really have much experience or hear, hear a ton about Mac, but Mac made a, a, a couple catches where he just out jumped the DBs in great position. Uh, and I agree with you. I think I think we were we would have been in trouble had that not been a targeting call um, on Trevor Lawrence because of the fact that they had all the momentum. And I said on there, I was like, man, we need we needed a momentum play. We needed something just to turn the tide because I think some you know sometimes when you're a team and you're you're losing like that. If you can just get some bit of positive momentum to stop the fray, you're good. But I thought when you started the game, Ohio State had a couple big plays. They hadn't been really throwing the ball the entire the entire season. I mean, they've been throwing it, but not – they were probably 60-40 run pass. They come out, they throw the ball seven of their first eight plays, hit all of them. Some of them, you know, the guy crowd surfs, gets one hand inbounds, which I didn't even realize in college that one hand equal one foot. Drive all the way downfield, they kick a field goal, and then we come right back. We drive downfield, get in the field goal range, and our kicker misses the field goal. And I thought that was a big play in the game because I thought if he made the field goal, it's like, all right, we're back even. But he misses the field goal, Dobbins breaks a 60-yard touchdown, and then it's like, wow, all right, we're, we're in trouble. Um, but it was it was a great game that we were able to come back from. And I, I'm looking forward to the LSU-Clemson game because of the fact of, obviously, I think we're in a situation to where um, – Clemson can, um, you know, solidify themselves as maybe the the greatest team of all time as far as a stretch. No team's ever gone thirty and zero over any multiple season stretch. Um, but I think LSU can solidify themselves or have that argument of we're maybe the greatest team of all time if they win because of the fact of no, um, they would have beaten seven teams that are ranked in the top ten. They still wouldn't be played. known as the now, some greatest of those teams team of all time. Actually I don't good. care what kind of season both of them had. What? They, they would be. I mean, they'd be in that conversation. I mean, I think if you if you look at it and you say um, Clemson would be thirty and zero, Trevor Lawrence would be twenty six and zero in his career uh, over the last two seasons. Nobody has ever gone fifteen and zero for a season. Do fifteen and zero back to back seasons? You really can. You couldn't have an argument over a two year stretch that anybody had a better run in that. Jared, with all due respect, um, Clemson would be four and zero because they, they don't play anybody until they get to the tournament. Top ten wins which would be more than anybody <laughs> in the history of, of college football. So. Um, I think the the irony is this. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want to hear that because because Miami didn't play anybody in the two thousands and all like last year everybody was talking about how how tough the SEC was. Bama won every game in the SEC by an average of thirty two points per game going into the championship game. The, all these other conferences are the same as the ACC. They may be slightly better. But they're they're not. Jerry, you're really not, trying like, to compare the most of these teams are team playing good teams on a consistent basis. Uh, but one thing I will say is this, <laughs> and this will. The, yes, I, I, that's why I bet so much money on Virginia. Did, versus what are you Florida, talking about? Because I told people, I said everybody expects Florida. We're not talking about spread. I'm talking about expects Florida better team, better, better quality. I bet versus spread quality. because I, I said I said I think Florida. Let, let me finish what I was saying though. But here's the thing, though. I, I've been watching the Big Ten dominate the, the SEC in their matches. But Tennessee this, lost this, to Georgia uh, State. Week. I watched Minnesota blow out Auburn off the ball, and Auburn supposedly had the best defensive line in football. I, I'm watching Indiana right here. Must stop Tennessee. I'm glad I bet Indiana. But what, with that being said, Tennessee also beat Kentucky and won their last five games in the SEC. All I'm going to tell you is this. Um, when you look at the Virginia and Florida game, I saw it and I said, Everybody thinks Virginia is terrible, and everybody says, oh, Florida's a top-10 team. I said, but the gap between Florida and Virginia is not very big. If you looked at the game, Virginia lost by – they lost by eight. They dropped a wide – an easy pick six. They had a fumble that went against them where it clearly was a fumble, and they ruled it a non-fumble. And they, uh, the quarterback missed two wide-open touchdown throws, and they lost by eight. And I think that's when – I, when I say the ACC is not nearly – they're, they're not as good as the SEC. They're not as good as the Big Ten. I'm not saying they are, but I think when people are act like but, LSU but is playing if, a if, gauntlet, they're not. Florida play, Florida's not that good. It's, it's Florida's one game though. Like Virginia, if Florida blows out, if Florida plays North Carolina, they might beat North um, Carolina and, by 25. And LSU played like, Florida and was a game to the wire. Auburn nearly beat LSU. Minnesota blew LSU. Okay. 
Jill, let me ask you a question. If Appalachian State was in the ACC, how, what, no, what, what, what team uh, would they be Miami in the ACC? And they, they beat them on the last drive of the game by five, and Miami was one of the worst bowl so They'd be the, the second ACC. best team in the ACC. I, I, I'm not telling <laughs> Yeah, Appalachian State would probably be the third best team, second or third best team. They may be fourth. They may be behind Virginia Tech. But Jared, you, all these teams it's, it's you're saying possible, but Appalachian State's the top twenty five team in the country. Eleven country. So like, I, all, Listen, all they weren't a, they weren't a slouch. This. No, they were eighteen. They're not a slouch, but what I'm telling you is this: everybody makes it like. Okay, LSU because because Virginia was ranked top twenty five. Virginia Tech before they lost that that last game was ranked top twenty five. I think everybody looks at it and says, "Oh yeah, well the ACC is just terrible." And yes, the ACC is not as good as it's been. ACC though has talent. I mean, there's a reason why there are nine NFL starting quarterbacks from ACC teams, and no other conference has more than three. It's because of the fact that the ACC typically has good quarterbacks. The ACC typically has the ability to put up points. Um, Last thing though, I will say, and this will kind of end this topic on it, but Clemson last year beat going into the game who most experts said were the, was the best Alabama team of all time. Then they beat who going into this game, most people said was the best Ohio State team of all time. And now they have an opportunity to beat the best LSU team of all time. And this is in a two-year stretch. I think, honestly, if Clemson wins this national championship, you have to say this to stretch disagree. is the most impressive stretch of any team in college football, in the history of college football. Uh, let's talk about the uh, Buffalo Bills schedule this year, uh, this weekend, because they're playing the Tennessee, hey, they're playing the, uh, the Houston Texans. We got the Tennessee Titans versus the Patriots. We got the Saints at home versus the Vikings, although they probably should be on a bye week if the call was called correctly versus the 49ers. And we got the final NFC game, which is the Seahawks going to the Eagles. JDZ, let's kind of walk through some of these and DMART too. Let's, let's walk through a couple of the um, the games this weekend. I mean, obviously we got some some big games, wild card weekend. I mean, I've been waiting for the, the the Texans to get another opportunity to get some playoff wins for a while. Let's kick it off with my boys since it's the first game of the, of the actual playoff weekend. It's a Saturday, 435 Eastern time. Houston Texans at home versus the Buffalo Bills. JDZ, what are you thinking about this matchup? What do you think about the game? Um, I think this is this game has push written all over it. Um, the Texans are favored by three. I think the Texans will win by three. Um, I watched this these two teams play against each other last year. Um, it looked like the Bills. Did, I think the did the Texans cover really late or win really late. It was super oh, late. It was, it was one of those games where yeah. Josh Allen couldn't throw the ball yet. I don't know if he's he you know this year he's throwing it decent, but he couldn't throw it. And he ran all over us early in the game, yeah. and then eventually late he just kind of like was like, oh, I'm gonna throw a couple picks. Yeah, yeah. I remember sitting there watching the game, going, eh, they're about to lose the the, the Buffalo Bills. So I can see this game being a um, uh, back and forth battle. I I definitely take the over. I want to say the over is 45 right now. Um, I think they'll I think they'll outscore that. Um, I actually think it's 43. But, is it forty three? So. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's the um, the Patriots game is forty five. Patriots Tennessee, but um, but yeah, I definitely take the over on that side. But the thing about this game, um, I'd keep an eye on. I wanted. I, I'm not liking Deshaun's turn the ball over a little bit more the last few games. Uh, last three games, he's got five interceptions. Um, uh, hopefully he can get that squared away. The good thing about Deshaun is he generally plays better in bigger games. Uh, bigger. Uh, I guess. Platforms, bigger stages, like he did against the Patriots, and so I, I think I, this is a must win for Deshaun. Yeah, I think I think he's I think it's the biggest game of his career. Uh, I don't know if he's bigger than national championship, but yeah. um, but yeah, he, I mean it's definitely a huge game for him. Um, JJ Watt's coming back. I'm not sure what JJ Watt's going to look like. Generally, a torn pec is a six to eight month recovery. He's only been out for about two months. Um, I think they're going to probably have to play him inside. I don't think all of the the leverage and stuff like that to, to get around outside, stuff like that he's going to be able to do. He's probably going to have to, uh, I don't know, maybe not do as much hand fighting anyway. But, Jeremy, they, um, they said it, it saw, wasn't fully torn. It was partially torn. So they said the normal recovery is three to four months, and it's been nine to ten weeks. And they did say he's wearing he's wearing some brace on it that's, that's supposed to prevent yeah. his arm from going back past a certain point. 
So I, I'm not really sure yeah, how so, that helps, but yeah. So so Teron Teron Armstead, um, the the left tackle for the Saints, had a similar injury last year, partially torn pec. He missed about eight weeks. He came back and played in the playoffs. Um, definitely was hindered somewhat. I mean, he was still a good. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best tackles in football. He made All Pro, but um, but was definitely hindered somewhat. So um, I don't know if he'll be full strength, but he should definitely help out some. Um, in, at least probably in the run game with Josh Allen. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting game. I think the, the biggest mismatch of any, which would make me a little apprehensive with Jared, is Sean McDermott versus uh, Bill O'Brien. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I, I will say this. Deshaun has not played his best ball over the last few games. Um, he played terrible in his last game versus the Buccaneers. Uh, the defense played extremely well in that game. Um, I think in the Titans game, he threw two bad picks. Um, and and in reality, one was tipped. I'll give him, but that. it still was a bad throw. It was it was a bad decision. He threw it across the middle of the field. He had no need to throw it there. Um, but what I will say is this: even in that 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 Titans game, those two throws were the only two bad throws or bad plays he made all game. He threw some some dimes downfield. He scored three touchdown passes. He he put them in position to to win the game. The the, the picks have to stop. Uh, but what I will say is this: um, when you look at the team, the thing that would scare me, I'm I'm more scared of a team that can score points very quickly and get and and get the Texans down than I am a team that like like the Bills who can keep it a low scoring game because of the fact that it, like if you look at last year's playoffs and everybody's like oh yeah Deshaun played terrible, but Deshaun really didn't play as bad as people remember it. He he definitely didn't play well. But what happened in that game was we kicked it off first. We we basically had a stop. It was a third down, and um, we we had a offsides penalty on a stop. They extended the drive, score a touchdown on the first drive. All right, so now it's 7-0. We go three and out, or man, I think we got a first down, then we punted it. Then they come right back down. They go for it on fourth down. Jadavion jumps offsides. They get an uh, uh, automatic fourth down penalty on a hard count, score a touchdown. So now we're down 14-0, about six minutes into the game. Deshaun... Go, we go for it on fourth down. Um, Deshaun had pressure on him, threw a ball, threw a pick. That was his pick, of, his interception of the game. But it was literally on fourth down where he kind of had he, – he had pressure on him, so he, I think he kind of just rushed it. But bad throw. So he, he gets stopped there. Then they score another touchdown. So first three possessions, they give up 21 points. And you're down 21-0. Now your strategy has to change. You can't really run the ball. You can't really play conservatively. And I think that's why people that say, oh, he played terribly, I think – any quarterback where the defense gives up three immediate touchdowns on back-to-back-to-back drives is probably not going to be great that game. Um, so I think the fact that we're playing the Bills, I think we'll be able to keep the score down. I expect Deshaun to play well. I expect that game to be a um, uh, 27-21 kind of game. I would definitely bet the over. Although with the Bills, I think they've covered the under on nearly every game this season, uh, which is why that under is so low. But with Deshaun, I, w- I would say 27-21 would probably be the score I would look at. Hopefully, Will Fuller plays. He's a game-time decision. Um, Kenny Stills was a little banged up. But one of the things that was a little promising, although last week we didn't hardly play anybody versus the um, the Titans, um, we had a couple guys that played well at receiver. We had DeAndre Carter, who's our return guy, who's a quick guy, who who got some work in the slot. And hopefully we can get Kiki QT to actually catch some balls and not give the fumbles away if Will Fuller can't play. I expect us to win the game 27 to 21. All right, fellas, let's, uh, let's keep it moving then. Uh, let's start with you, Jeremy, this time. The Titans and Patriots are the afternoon game. Uh, they kick it off at around 8.15. <clears throat> let's see who you got in this, man. New England's a favorite by five points right now. Um, do you think uh, Tom, Brady or, Tom Brady and crew are kind of caught off guard with them having to play, uh, actually not have a bye for the first time since is it five no, years? No, since 2011. Some, some crazy 2011, so since uh, since almost nine years, or yeah, so I guess nine is 2020 now. So yeah, um, what do you think about this, Jeremy? Yeah, uh, Jared, just as a correction, I think this is the first time that they haven't gotten to the conference finals since 2011. It's actually since 2009 since they've gotten uh, had to play Wild Card Weekend. Uh, I am Wait, real quick. Look. Think about that. They went a decade without playing a Wild Card game and making the playoffs every year. Yeah, it's crazy. That's nuts. So, it's nuts. so, so I'm kind of torn on this. 
Uh, everything tells me Tennessee should win this game. I think Derrick Henry at this point in time is a freight train just running at people. Uh, one thing that the Patriots love to do is blitz when blitz uh, their their huge linebackers um, and try to get them to run over the running backs to get to the quarterback. You can't do that against Tennessee because your linebackers are going to be running to a wall called Derrick Henry. Um, so I think he'll hold up in pass protection, which a lot of these smaller running backs won't be able to do. Uh, they got some familiarity. They blew him out last year. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is playing great football, 22 touchdowns and five interceptions in 10 games. Uh, overall, I think uh, the one way you attack Tennessee is not running the ball, is passing the ball. And I don't think the Patriots are really equipped to pass the ball against anybody at this point. So everything in my brain would tell me, yes, the, the Tennessee minus five. But I'll be 100% honest, it's the Patriots. And the Patriots are the Patriots. I, I, I look at this game and say, if I were to bet Tennessee, I don't think I would bet Tennessee money line or, um, with the spread. I'd bet Tennessee straight up. Because if Tennessee plays a, a Tennessee game and the Patriots aren't really the Patriots, then I think Tennessee will actually win the game and I'd just bet a money line. If I was going to bet Patriots, it would be – Against the spread, because I think they'll cover five points. I mean, <laughs> it's just hard to bet against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick playing at home. Sorry. It, it is what it is. Uh, at this point, I think I'm going to lean towards the Patriots. Um, but, I mean, it could really go either way. Um, I still – I probably need to look at the weather a little bit better and see what's going to be happening with the weather. Um, but, honestly, if it's, if it's inclement weather, it probably would, would help the Titans more because you'd have uh, the better run game and the better offensive line. So. Um, looking forward to seeing how that turns out, but I'm, I'm leaning Patriots at this point, even though my brain says I shouldn't. Jerry, who you got in this game? Man, I, I got to be 100% honest. I'm going Titans to win this game straight up. And I think there's a couple things. that The, the reasons why I would lean the Patriots if I was would be it's Tom Brady, it's the Patriots. It's really essentially their last stand. Everybody thinks like uh, every, uh, let's put this in perspective. Tom Brady has his house on the market for sale. Tom Brady's trainer has his house on the market for sale. Tom Brady is a free agent at the end of this year. Tom Brady asked the Patriots for a long-term extension last year, and they said no. So, and Tom Brady has said he wants to play till he's forty-five. And Tom Brady's dad said Tom wants to play till he's forty-five. I don't think this is going to end very well in New England. So with that being said, uh, I really don't expect Tom Brady to be back. And I think in reality, that means it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a situation where I think there's a lot of pressure on them. I think it's their last stand. And I think that would, that would lead me to the Patriots. But the other side of this is I said, overall, I thought it was a very good chance that that they were going to either at the time I thought they were obviously going to beat um, the the Dolphins, but I thought it was a very good chance they weren't going to cover versus the Dolphins because the Dolphins play well and the Patriots don't blow out anybody. And then when you look at it and you say, "All right, so they don't blow out anybody," and they have the Titans have the number one rushing leader and the uh, you know the guy who won the, the rushing title this year in Derrick Henry. The 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 even though even though he missed the uh, missed the game is still one. Yep, and, and the Patriots typically run through everybody. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give him. I say he missed the game, but then he got it back because last week he played versus the Titans practice squad and got two hundred yards rushing to, to win the title. But with that being said, you know you look at it and say, all right, so you have the rushing leader versus a team that struggles to stop the run. You have a mobile quarterback against a team that struggles versus the mobile quarterbacks. Um, and you, you know, you got a lot of, you got a lot of factors that go against the, the Patriots. You got multiple wide receivers on the team. You have a good tight end, uh, two good tight ends on a team that struggles to defend tight ends and running backs. You have an organization that is built with former Patriots, including the head coach, uh, and Vrabel who came from the Patriots organization. So they know the tendencies of the organization. Um, you, you got a lot of you know, the cornerbacks from the team, Logan Ryan's from former Pat. Um, he's out right now, but uh, Malcolm Butler uh, is from the Pats. You got Deion Lewis on the uh, the running back who's from the Pats. They got a lot of Patriots on that that roster, so they're not going to be afraid of that mystique when they come in and, and, and you know play the Patriots. 
I think overall you're looking at a team that's going to play extremely confidently. I expect the game to go down to the wire, and I expect likes happen every time this year that the Patriots have lost. Tom Brady to make a big mistake. Tom Brady was up 3-0 versus the Texans and threw a bad interception. He threw a couple he's, – he's thrown bad interceptions in nearly every game they've lost. Um, I expect him to make another mistake because I think he's done, and I expect the Titans to win the game. I'm going to call it 24-20. to 20. Uh, one, one more thing I want to throw out. Um, they're going to need Stephon Gilmore to play like Stephon Gilmore <laughs> if they got any chance to win this game because he got cooked last week by Devontae Parker. <laughs> And he's going against AJ Brown this week. AJ Brown, AJ Brown, he, oh yeah, he he he's better than Devontae Parker. AJ Brown is not playing on games. He's going to be a top five receiver in probably two years. So. But Jeremy, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think he's around the same low as that. People don't realize how good Devontae Parker has been over the last like eight nine weeks. He's been roasting everybody, but I will agree with yeah. you. I think I think <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. He looked like Steve Gilmore. He needs to get in the transformation chamber and turn back to Stephon. Because it was it was not a good look. Literally, what, what was that? <laughs> the transformation tape. Family the, matters, Jared, Jared. You just dated yourself. Family matters, Steve. Um. Steve, Stephon. <laughs> I said it. anyway. Um, if you watch that game, I mean, there were routes where Devontae was leaving them by ten yards. I was like, ooh, he, he, he faked in. Gilmore bit super hard inside. He comes back out. He's got ten yards of separation. Um, so they need. I think they have to change it. I don't think that realistically the the Patriots can go in there and say, look, we're just going to man up versus A.J. Brown because I don't think the Titans are going to be afraid to throw the ball at A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown's huge. And I think they look at it and say, look, we think he can win that matchup. So I would I would put my money on uh, the Titans in that matchup overall. One quick thing, too. Well, let's, let's keep it right there on you, Jared. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, popping up on the screen, Cowboys have determined that Jason Garrett would no longer be a part of the organization, which was one of the topics earlier. So good for them. Good for them. I think what's going to end up happening now is uh, Jason Garrett's probably going to uh, get another head coaching job for some random team, and then you're going to realize, wait, he's not actually a terrible coach. He's just had Jerry Jones sabotaging him doing post-game interviews. So it's what it is. I wouldn't, yeah, I, would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in New Orleans. He did work under Sean Payton when Sean Payton was offensive coordinator for the Cowboys. So, Not a bad move. Yeah, that would be pretty funny. Uh, but let's let's talk about this Saints versus Vikings game. Uh, since this is Jeremy's team, obviously, let's start with Jared. Um, New Orleans favored by seven and a half points is obviously in New Orleans. Um, <clears throat> Vikings coming in. Uh, kind of having uh, not so – they didn't finish too strong. The back of the season, so uh, and the Saints are obviously hot. So, Jerry, who you have in this game? I got the Saints winning in a blowout. Um, look, it's Kirk Cousins in a big game. How many times do I have to tell you guys when it boils down to Kirk Cousins playing any game with substance? Bet the other side. I'm betting super heavy on the Saints at se- minus seven and a half points. I expect them not only to win the game, not only to cover. I expect this game to be a 21-point win, and I think there's several reasons. One, Drew Brees is playing better football than he, than he's played going into the playoffs in a long time. If you looked at the last month, Drew Brees has, I believe it's 13 touchdowns, no picks. Uh, so he's playing extremely well. You got Michael Thomas, who's who's playing as the best wide receiver in the game right now. You got um, you know a tight end, Jerry Cook Jr., who's been cooking people. You got Alvin Kamara, who finally looks healthy. And you got a defense who I don't think they fear the the. I mean, they have enough cornerbacks now getting uh, Jack Rabbit that they can throw out there and put Jack Rabbit on Thielen. They can put uh, Marshawn on Diggs, and they can allow Eli Apple to play nickel or, or even to play outside and, and, and give him help. I, I I think the addition of getting Jack Rabbit from the uh, Eli's probably not going to play. He's he's he he hasn't practiced. Uh... He didn't play last week, and he hasn't practiced at all this week so far. So uh, I doubt Eli's going to play. Even if Eli doesn't play, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I just, even if Eli didn't play, I mean, if you watch some of the games, they've been just targeting Eli. Uh, so I expect them to blow to 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 blow them out. I'm going to say the game score is, I'm going to say 42 to 21. I'm going to say that that Kirk Cousins throws you at least three interceptions. Um, 
just because it's Kirk Cousins and it's a big game. And I think, Jim, is your game a night game? Uh, no, it's 1 o'clock. It's 1 o'clock. At least that that's better for the Minnesota, the fact that it's a 1 o'clock game. But, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be indoors. So they're probably going to have the lights on. So whenever there are bright lights, um, you know, Kirk Cousins typically doesn't show up. <laughs> Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy, so, who you got in this game, man? So, uh, obviously, I'm going to agree with Jared on that. A um, few things that go into it. I'm, I'll try not to sound biased. Um, but, obviously, I am. So, overall, what do the Saints have working for them? The Vikings are number two in the league in turnovers created this year. They've got 31 turnovers created. The only team that's created more turnovers this season are the Patriots. So, They've been able to really generate turnovers, which has helped them to win their football games. What record did the Saints just set? The Saints just set the record this season for the fewest amount of turnovers by a team in NFL history. They only had eight turnovers all season. The Saints do not turn the football over. So, therefore, they're not going to give the Vikings the, the opportunities that they are, are, have been used to getting this season, even when they're getting these opportunities. Like three turnovers against the, the Packers, they only put up ten points. Ten points in a first half with three turnovers. So um, we're not going to give them the ball, for one. Uh, their defensive backs leave a lot to be desired. Xavier Rhodes generally matches up against the bigger receivers. Xavier Rhodes, is, who was an all-pro a few years ago, has been trash juice for so, quite some time now. Um, he's more known for pass interferences than anything. It's, it's rare. To the, it's rare for a corner to go from as as good as Xavier Rhodes was, first team All Pro, to as bad as he was that quick. The only time I've seen that before was your boy Brandon Browner, who went from like uh, Nomni, Nomni Austin Wall. Yeah, but here's the thing: Nomni, I think, yeah. was overrated. Nomni was. I just don't. I don't think he was that good. He played. He, he changed systems at least. He changed systems um, in, in Oakland, and and like nobody watched him play. So everybody was like, "Oh yeah, nobody throws a nominee in Oakland." But it was like, "Yeah, it's because yeah. They the other side score a touchdown, then run the ball because they're up 30. Um, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, but if you really want to go back to where it all changed, it was when he went against Michael Thomas in the uh, that in the miracle game because Michael Thomas absolutely cooked him in that game. So. Um, I think you're going to see uh, a huge explosion for Drew Brees. He's cooking at this point. Um, I've seen Kirk Cousins. I don't know what the record is now. I know back in September he was five and twenty-seven lifetime against teams with a winning record. Um, so I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't see this game being very, very close. Um, I think the Saints will handle business. Um, I actually think this is possibly. Obviously, the Saints would have wanted to buy. But as far as teams that play, the Saints actually got the best possible draw they could have got. They got the Vikings, then they'll get Green Bay, and then best case scenario, Seattle beats the beats the Eagles, beats the 49ers, and then the Saints get to play at home again in the, in the conference championship. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but that's best case scenario. I'm not at all concerned about the Vikings or the uh, or the Green Bay Packers. Hey, really quickly, I so obviously, I, as I told you guys, I had money on Indiana. So Tennessee scored a touchdown, then kicked a surprise onside kick and scored another touchdown. They scored two touchdowns in 25 seconds. Um, Indiana, so they're, they're at one. Indiana just ran a play that I have never seen before. <coughs> so it was a third down and long. They ran a quarterback draw option. So basically, they dropped the quarterback back, ran a draw, and then everybody collapsed on the quarterback, and he pitched it to the wide receiver left who had, like, nobody random and got them back in the field goal range. I've never seen that play before. And it makes me want to, like, put that down and call up uh, Tony Elliott and save that game, that, that play for LSU-Clemson. But, hey, whatever. Go ahead. Well, I thought you were going to say you were going to try to create it on Madden. I wish I could. Uh, I'm not <laughs> even sure how to create plays on Madden, but it, it was a fantastic play. All right, let's keep it moving, fellas. Um, Seahawks-Eagles. Seahawks are favored by a point and a half. They're playing in Philly. Uh, let's start with you this time, Jeremy. Who do you have in this game? Uh, this game is literally a, a pick em for me. Um, Seattle doesn't blow out anybody. They've got one win this entire season that was more than one score, and that was the game that they played against the Cardinals um, earlier in the season, like week three or four. 
Um, they haven't looked great lately. They should have won the game against the 49ers if the refs didn't screw them. But they did lose to the Cardinals in a blowout the week before. Um, they did get blown out by the Rams the week before that. So, I mean, they're they're struggling. Um, but I still think Russell Wilson at a crucial time will get it done. I think Carson Wentz, honestly, I think they're like mirror images of, of each other as teams. Um, both of them struggle at the cornerback position in the secondary. Uh, both of them have beat up running back cores and have kind of had to plug and play, especially with wide receivers and, and, and running backs, even tight end wise, because Zach Ertz has been out for a couple weeks. Um, the Seattle has already lost Luke Wilson for the season. Uh, and they lost, uh, I can't even think of the other guy's name. It starts with the E who was there no more tight end earlier in the season. So, um, both beat up teams that play a lot of close games and it comes down to last second possessions. Whoever gets the ball last is going to win. I'm going to predict that's going to be Russell Wilson just because of his playoff experience. Um, but they are on the road. The game they played there uh, a few weeks ago um, was a very, very low scoring game. Uh, it was 17 to nine, but the the last touchdown that the Eagles scored, they scored with 25 seconds left. Um, and I want to say the Eagles had five turnovers. Four by Carson Wentz, two interceptions, two fumbles, and they and the Seattle was still only able to get to 17 points. So uh, that bowls well for Philly, uh, but I'm I'm gonna lean uh, Russell Wilson. So let's let's get in this game really quickly. First and foremost, dad joke. What do you call a uh, when a, a Seahawk and an Eagle have a baby? A seagull. Anyway, um, let's get into the game. <laughs> <laughs> um the uh the Eagles I'm gonna pick to win this game. There's there's a couple reasons why. One, there is there is a such thing called mo- momentum and positive momentum. I think the Eagles have much more momentum going into this game. They've won four straight, although versus questionable opponents, they've won four straight games. They are playing at home. And when they played earlier this year, the Seahawks won and I think they won by three points. And they won by three points. They won by eight. No, no, they won by eight. Oh, right. They won by eight points. They won by a single, you know, so a single score game. And the Eagles turned the ball over five times. Um, I know Wentz missed a wide open touchdown pass early in the game. The Seahawks scored on a, a, a um, flea flicker touchdown early in the game. I I just don't believe in the Seahawks' competency as an offense to to decide to allow Russell Wilson to throw the ball. Look. I'm not sure how many of you guys watched the game last weekend, which I brought up a little bit earlier, that Seahawks should have won. Seahawks should have gotten the Saints a bye. Uh, and you look at the fact that, first and foremost, there's no excuse for you getting a a delay of game on the goal line <laughs> with a minute to go in the game. There's no way. And I've never before seen a delay of game where the people didn't even get out of the – they didn't get out of the huddle. Um, so you, you look at that. And then early in the game, and Jeremy picked the Seahawks, and Jeremy's like, man, after the first couple drives, Jeremy's like, this looks like it may be a blowout. The reason it looked like it was a blowout is because they didn't allow Russell Wilson to throw the ball. And for some reason, the Seahawks never allow Russell to throw the ball. So I'm going to trust that they're going to not they're, – they're not going to have Russell drop back and throw the ball. And because they're not going to do that until late, I expect Boston Scott and a lot of those guys who are, who are quick, twitchy guys who are fresh legs because they haven't played all season – to have big games, I'm going to take a random 23-20 to 20, uh, Eagles over the Seahawks uh, and the Battle of the Birds. Um, and, and I think the, the Eagles could become a dangerous team for the playoffs. Um, I say that because of- – I'll, I'll, I'll throw this out. Um, Jared brought up a good, good point with that. I actually made this comment to Jared because Jared bet San Francisco smartly. Um, it turns out to be smart. Um, and one of my friends, uh, asked, he said, so who are you taking? And I said, I'm taking Seattle. Jared said, Seattle's running backs all hurt. And my direct response to Jared was, that's a good thing because I think it will force Pete Carroll to let Russell Wilson play quarterback instead of trying to run the ball the entire first half. And yet he still didn't do it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, Pete Carroll, who is, I think a good motivator, but as far as X's and O's, he might be the one of the worst coaches in football. I mean, he's out here trying to make up for the uh, Super Bowl blunder by fourth and 
a half an inch. I'm going to take the ball four yards off the line of scrimmage to try to run the ball at Beast Mode, who just came off his couch for the first time in a year. Um, yeah, I, I, I see that 20 to 23 to 20, and I, I see that as a, as a very likely possibility. So, Jeremy, I got, I got one quick question for you. We've been doing the podcast now yeah. for this is the second second year we've been doing the podcast. How many times have you gone five and zero on the picks? Mm, I think once. Well, your boy just did it this weekend, baby. Your boy eighty five five and zero on the NFL picks, college football four and zero on the picks because I had to make the tweak. The boy is hot as fish grease. It's hot. JDZ85. I'm, I'm, How you I'm, feeling? I'm very upset with your 5-0. <laughs> I'm very upset with your 5-0 because I'm 4-1, and one, and the only one a game I missed was I picked the Broncos minus 3.5. The Raiders scored a touchdown after being down 7 with like 15 seconds left and then decided to go for 2 instead of playing it out. And then they missed a two-point conversion and lose by 1 instead of the 3.5 points. Had they not scored on that last second BS drive, I would have been five and zero. But four and one will suffice. So, well, it's gonna have to. Let's talk about these picks, Jared. So let, let's go through mine really quickly. <sighs> I got you guys back. The thing I wanted to do before the end of the year was I wanted to be above a hundred dollars a week for everybody that betted the podcast the way I told them to. You know why? Because. I'm just out to, to. I'm like Robin Hood. I, I, take, I take it from the rich and give it to the poor. I take it from the casinos and give it to the listeners. And so I told you guys. First off, I got on the podcast and I told y'all college football picks. I got those. I've been as hot as fish grease. I have been hitting it over eighty five percent the last two months on college football picks on the podcast. I've been telling you. Then I went four and zero on that one. Um, Throw that in there. I sent Damon in, in, in our group chat some picks for the games yesterday and, and this weekend. Um, I went 2-0 and on the college games I sent yesterday. There's two NFL games I have in there that we'll get into. Um, but, you know, I'm just – for the season, that got me to $2,400, plus $2,400 on the season. Um, after that 1000 I was able to just throw in the bag. Um, so, you know, 17 weeks, $2,400 in your pockets if you bet the way I did. Minus, I mean, I'm sure there's some juice that the casino would be getting from you. So if you had a plus 110, maybe you ended up at, you know, $2,200. I still put an extra $100 or more in your pocket every week if you just listen to the podcast, man. So um, just be prepared for the playoffs, man. I'm, I'm getting ready for the picks. So let's go through this one. So, Jeremy, we did this the same way last year. We took our money that we won, and we bet the money we won towards the actual picks. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So we're going to do it the same way this time. I got twenty four hundred dollars to spend, and I'm trying to I'm trying to to spend to win. I'm not I'm not in the I'm not in the business. I hate if you guys that know I play a ton of Madden when I can because I have two kids and a wife. Um, but probably should say a wife and two kids, but you know whatever. Uh, and in reality, mm-hmm. uh, the thing I hate to do in Madden is I absolutely hate to play where there is a situation where you look at it and I'm up maybe a touchdown and I'm like, oh, I couldn't kneel the clock out. No, no, no. I don't kneel the clock. What do I do? I drop back and I throw another touchdown pass. You know why? Because seven points isn't a big enough win. And that's what I'm going to do on the picks. So let's get aggressive. I'm going to go first game, Tennessee Titans. I'm taking, I get plus five and a, I got five and a half. You may be able to get it at six. I got it earlier in the week at six. I got Titans at plus five and a half points versus the New England Patriots. I'm going to take them to win the game straight up, but I'm also, but in reality, I'm going to take them against the spread plus five and a half. I'm going to bet 300 of my $2,400 I've won on that one. All the games I'm betting this week, I'm betting $300 of, of my money on to bet 1200 of my, my $2,400 winnings. Next game, I'm taking the Houston Texans minus three points versus the Buffalo Bills. I agree with Jeremy. There's a good chance that game may be a push, but I'm going to take the Texans to win that game actually by, uh, I, I said, 27 to 21. So I'm going to take them to win it by six to cover the spread. Next, I'm going to take $300 and put it on the Saints to cover the seven and a half points versus the Vikings. If you're listening to the podcast, tease that thing down to seven or six and a half. Um, I wouldn't sit at seven and a half, but I do think they're going to blow them out. So 
is what it is. Uh, I'm taking the Saints. Lastly, I'm taking the Eagles. Uh, Eagles are a one point favorite. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna, I'm gonna swallow the one point, and uh, I'm gonna take the Eagles to win that game. You going what? Uh, you, you swallow the point. You know. Um, either either way, uh, I'm gonna take that and uh, say twin, and then I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take them for three hundred dollars for the Eagles. Book it. That is a very interesting take. So. I am up eight hundred dollars because I was up six hundred dollars last week, and um, wait, wait, wait. my picks wait, from last wait, week. You're up. You were up two hundred last week, and you won six hundred for uh for the last week. Okay, I got you. Yeah. So last week I bet uh, Saints um minus thirteen and a half. Uh, in real life, I bet that game on the halftime spread at six and a half, and I bet thirteen and a half as well. And the game was thirty-five to three at halftime, so um, that was that was actually um, pretty easy bet. Damon and I did bet fifty dollars on both games earlier in the season. I'm not even going to hold his feet to the fire on that last one. He already paid me fifty dollars for the first game. Uh, <laughs> next game, I bet uh, I did bet the Titans very early in the week when it was three and a half. I told you guys to get in on that number. Um, it actually ballooned up to eight. That was a pretty easy bet. I knew very early on the Texans were going to be stuck in the fourth seed and they weren't going to play anybody. So easy bet. Um, I also bet the Jets plus one against the Buffalo Bills. Why? Because the Bills had nothing to play for. They won that game easily. Another cover. Um, I also bet the um, the Broncos uh, minus three and a half against the Raiders. You were on the right side of that, that game. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you're on the right side and get the wrong side. Yep. So um, that was easy. And then the last thing, um, I bet I said, "Is no way that the Patriots were able to cover 16 points against the Dolphins." I probably should have said maybe money line because they couldn't even win the game. <laughs> easy cover, um, four and one. So uh, going into this week with eight hundred dollars, I'm not that confident on very many of these games. So I'm just gonna say one game this week. I'm going to throw $600 on the Saints. Book it. All minus right. Minus seven and a half. Uh, minus seven and a half. Yep. All right. Well, um, you guys got any last thoughts for the listeners before we get up out of here? Yes. I have a very, very personal thing I want to reveal on the podcast. Guys. It's almost if you guys I'm not sure if you've heard the uh the expression if a tree falls in a forest and nobody's around to hear it does it make a sound If I predict something to happen before it happens and it consistently happens is it a prediction or is it foretelling I told you guys a year ago on the podcast and on all the social media that Jake Fromm was not very good and that they should kept they should have kept Justin Fields as their starting quarterback. I watched the game yesterday and yes I bet Georgia because I knew Baylor wasn't very good and I watched the Oklahoma game versus LSU and said if Oklahoma's this bad and beat Baylor twice, I'm definitely gonna bet Georgia. But guys, let's face it, Todd Mache had Jake Fromm as a as a late first round pick. Any team that decides to take Jake Fromm as a drive pick in the first or second round is wasting their their draft pick and their capital, and they should they're risking their job. They're basically saying, "Take my job." Jake Fromm is a less athletic Mitchell Trubisky. Um, and uh, the last thing I do want to say on this, not just that topic, everybody that's telling me right now about how good the Chiefs are and how I have people that tell me the Chiefs are better than the Saints. And all I'm so tired of hearing about the Chiefs. Uh, guys, can we please look at this in reality? The Chiefs haven't played anybody for the last month and a half. Two. Patrick Mahomes hasn't played well. Like, and I, I'm not taking anything away from Mahomes. Mahomes is an excellent talent. I think I think people are, if they say, hey, look, you're drafting a team and they take Patrick Mahomes first, I can't argue it. He hasn't played well the last month. Last game, this, Jeremy, you said that the, the Texans didn't really have a chance. You didn't think of, of moving up. They had a chance. It would literally boil down to the Chargers were up three, and then the Chiefs took a punt return back for a touchdown. Then they took another punt or a kickoff back for a touchdown. Then they took a punt return back like 75 yards to the 10. Mahomes didn't play well all game. 
He threw an interception that was returned for a touchdown that was over that that they said the guy lined up offsides. I I am just telling people, pump the brakes on the Chiefs. Their defense is playing better. Yeah. Mahomes is not playing great football right now. But 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 everybody said their defense is playing better. Let's go through their last few weeks. All right, so they gave up 35 points to the Titans um on November the 10th. Before that, or the game after that, they played the Chargers. Um, in Mexico City, Phillip Rivers played absolutely terrible and still had a chance to win that game. They won 24-17. to uh, They beat the Raiders, 40-9. They beat the Patriots, 23-16. to They beat the Broncos, 23-3. to They beat the Bears, 26-3. They beat the Chargers, 31-21. Uh, There's not one quarterback in that, in that entire conversation that's a top 15 quarterback this season. Not one. So, at the end of the day, Let's see what they look like this week or uh, next week, whenever they play. Uh, most likely, uh, the Titans or not Titans, the uh, Texans. Well, all right, fellas, uh, we definitely have a lot to look forward to this weekend. A lot of great NFL games. Um, listeners, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in to us for another week. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram. Our, our uh, hashtag or uh, our handle rather is Amibros underscore podcast. Um, and with that said, peace. Yeah.